Good, it's your man Jody Diamond G2 Podcast streaming on That's Your Man Podcast. What up? What up? Who shot you? You all know, do you? <laughs> all right, let me get off the bullshit. So, uh, this show I'm gonna do is uh, probably the last one I'm gonna do about some of the worst fights that I've been exposed to. So, like I said, I've been exposed to a lot of them, and it's—I don't know if it's the worst one, but it's it's a semi-famous one. So, this is back in '96 or seven, might have been seven, and Iran Barkley's nephew and his crew came into our club. Now, if you don't know Iran Barkley, he's a uh, boxer. I think his nephew made of jumped into it later on or something. I don't know. But Irene Barkley, you know, he was he was heavy back then. Like he, he he was ringing bells. So his nephew, we got we got to hit up, oh it's Irene Barkley nephew and his people. So they came in, they was on some old extra fly shit. And uh it was a pretty decent night that night. And we had some dudes come in. I'm not gonna say where these dudes were from, but it's dudes we had problems with. Um and we was patting them down extra hard because, like I said, me and my brother BK was in there. My BK, my brother BK was from another side of town. These niggas was on the other side of town, and it was a lot of tension. You know, you know what I'm saying? With that shit, it was that, that activity. So, you know, we had to be on some extra. I right, like we can. Ain't nothing wrong with us fighting, but you know, ain't nobody trying to get shot. So, you know, we knew these niggas they play fair a lot of times. Plus, they knew the, the bouncers was from one side of town. So we had to pat these niggas down all crazy and shit. And uh, we was doing it. We, we was on our J-O-B. And me and BK was in the VIP. I remember we was talking. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. We was talking. We was looking down at the dance floor because the VIP is elevated. And we were talking to some girls in the VIP. And we was looking down at the dance floor. And you know how you can... I call it nightclub eyes. You start to kind of see shit move a certain way if you've been doing this shit long enough. Some some motherfuckers don't have it because they just don't pay attention. Like they don't, they not, they're oblivious. But what I say is like me and Black and a couple other people that we we have nightclub eyes. Like we can kind of see shit manifesting. And I saw niggas was moving in a certain way. Sometimes it's it's a group of people moving together. Sometimes it's people moving away from a group of people. Like shit just moved different. And if you notice it, you'll see it because what you're supposed to see is just everybody joking, dancing, having fun, having a good time, jamming, you know, moving in a certain way to the music. But when you see something move opposite to that, then that's what's supposed to catch your eye. Nigga, feel me? Yeah. Okay. So I'm seeing it. I tap B. I tell the shorty, hold on. He stopped talking to his shorty. I'm moving to the left. He moving to the right to go downstairs. So we going to go get in the middle of that shit. And then it's split like the Red Sea. And everybody move away except the small group from 
this little group. And by the time we got halfway there, we hear pop, pop, pop. I turned right back around. <laughs> we did the same shit. We flew right back up to the VIP and we dove down on the floor. The girls was already down behind the um, partition. We flew behind them and I'm, you know, I put my body up against the one chick. B put his body up against the other chick and all we hear is motherfuckers running out to the front door. So I look at B, he look at me. He's like, look. I was like, you look. So he's like, you that scared that you look. So I was like, fuck. So I get up and I peek and he must have came in with like four or five people. Everybody had left. All his people had ran out the door with everybody else. It was one dude that stood there with him. And the dude was, he was holding his torso. He had his back up against the um, the wall. And when he said, I got shot, he's like, he said, I got hit. He's like, they hit me. They hit me. I'm hit. And when he started trying to walk, he let his arms down. All this blood came and just dropped on the dance floor from his midsection. I was like, God damn. So his man was holding him up. He was, he reached out one hand for the wall. He was trying to, he was, he walked, they walked him out of there. So he's like, God damn. So the cops came real fast, like un, un, unreasonably fast. Like, I don't know if they was close by or some shit, but they got there way too fast. And they kind of start searching the area. A couple people gave it um, identification of who they saw that might have been the shooter and all of this shit. And this one dude that we used to let in, he was he was from this other crew, and he used to have these long fucking Rastafarian braids, dreads or whatever, and these locks. And he used to wear this turban, this real high ass, tight ass turban, like it was real high as rap real tight. So. We never think we never thought to check, check the turban. So it comes to find out later on that the bull had like a 38 tucked in his up in his hair in the turban. And that's how they got the gun. And that's how, you know, they shot the bull. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that crazy? So now if y'all go somewhere and people be checking all in your hair and your wraps and all that shit, just know it's just because. People have gotten extremely creative with tucking these guns. I've seen girls have guns underneath their titty, like girls with big ass titties. They got their guns underneath their titty. I know girls that's real skinny. They got guns up in their arm, um, right, like tight up against their pussy. I know dudes. When I worked at Onyx, we had to start checking them dudes from out from out Lancaster Avenue. We heard they was tucking little twenty fives and twenty twos and thirty eights, and they and they draws and they pull their drawers real high up on them and then they pull their pants down real, real saggy. That way, if you just do a, a light bridge check, you're not touching nowhere where the gun at. So we had to do a high nut check. And that means we was getting all up in there. We was hitting their nuts. Like, you you go all the way up there till you hit nut. You don't hit nut, you keep going again, checking, and go all the way up there. And if dude's jumping back and they talking about, whoa, whoa, like, nah, nigga, like, you got to get out the line or you got to get rid of whatever you got. You can't come in here. So to say that, I, I can successfully say, while well, I was at Onyx, Philadelphia in 2008, 2009, we had no shootings, no shootings, no kidnappings. Uh, we had one really bad fight, but, you know, I ain't had no security with me at the time. Uh, I was going off some shit the director wanted to do. But after that fight, I had to bring in my own people. I brought in my brother Black, a couple other people. I was like, ah, fuck that shit. So, um. 
that was the Andrew Iran Barkley um, where his nephew's people got shot up. And it was crazy, man. It was it was crazy as hell because to hear a gunshot go off inside the club in your proximity, like, yes, you'll never forget that sound. You'll never forget that fucking sound. I've heard that twice inside the club. The second time was at this club called Cebu in Philly down off of uh, Chestnut Street. And I was working there with me and my man, Big Dog. Shout out to Big Dog. And um, we weren't the head of security. We was just filling in. Like, me and Big Dog, we like journeymen. We was just traveling around. We was doing parties like Gilly the Kid parties. We was doing, um, uh, we was working out with clubs. Like, we was just, we was, we was getting it. Like, we was two big dudes and we was just getting it, having each other's back, getting this money, uh, doing that damn thing with the bouncing shit. So, we was just like tight. And we did, we came in to help out Cebu with my man, the dude at the time, his name was Tom, I think. Brother, real, real tight dude, suited and booted. He was all in the old city shit. Um, used to wear the vest and all that shit. But somehow, one of his peoples on that door let some dude get in with a goddamn gun. And at the time, Cebu was the shit, like it was packed. And uh, all I remember, I was close to the door. And you hear, pop, pop. I'm like, what the fuck? So everybody start, you know, yelling and moving toward the door. So I start moving toward the front door, too. Like, I ain't moving toward that shit. Like, I don't know if it's an active shoot or what. So by the time, you know, everybody get to the door... You hear some girl screaming. She got shot in the leg or shot in the foot or some shit. Um, come to find out some dude that got in with a gun. The gun dropped and the gun went off when it hit the floor. That could have killed somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's shit crazy. But people had you think like they they top flight security. Like they shit extra tight. And you know, motherfuckers don't. Man, you don't know who the fuck do what when it comes to this club shit. And when people start throwing money around. Motherfuckers do all kinds of crazy shit. We had another scare where um, I ain't going to say the dude name because he my man. But the club we used to work at down on Callow Hill it used to be Emerald City, but it was called something else after that. Um, we worked there. We bounced there. And the dude who was the owner was an asshole. And... Uh, I mean, he paid decent, but, you know, jokers won a little bit more, especially dudes who was who felt like they was doing more. Um, and he was trying to strong arm the dude like he, he was trying to believe it. He's trying to believe that. I ain't going to front. That's my man. Though. Um, but he got disgruntled and <laughs> he was on a post where he had access to the door to the back to the side door. So he was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to make this money. Like, I'm going to make the money that I feel like I need to make. And I think at this time, this is when um, the shit was going around. He was trying to get people to sign this this paperwork. Uh, something, I don't know. He was, he was trying to get us to sign some kind of contract. And me and Black was like, we ain't signing it. 
and a couple of other dudes didn't sign. Some dudes did, some dudes didn't. And he was one of the ones where he ain't signed that shit neither. But then he tried to strong arm the dude. <laughs> like, this show you how, how ghetto my man was. But he was big enough. Like, this dude used to start off with, like, two, three plates to warm up. And then throw four four plates on, five plates on to get it in. Like, that's how strong and how big my man was. Like, he, he me, my OG. So... I, like I said, I ain't gonna say his name because I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, you know, I ain't gonna put him in no, in no jeopardy. But he, anybody who's in the know, who's listening to this shit, they know, they know what it is. So the dude was, a, he was a dickhead, like he's a straight dickhead. And um, my man was like, he just felt like he could do it because couldn't nobody really, couldn't nobody really tell him no. I've had to stop this dude from beating uh, Troy's ass at one point. If you know anything about Troy, the little light skinned dude, he the promoter down here in Philly, little freckle faced dude. Um, he used to do a lot of shows and a lot of events down here in Philly. He talked real heavy and real greasy, like, like to the point where my man was coming after him, and it took me and a couple other dudes to hold my man back. And you know that that little nigga bitched up when my man started coming for him, but he was talking so heavy, like he was he was that dude. So knowing he he can't do shit with his hands when it comes to my man. So anyway, um. He just, my man's just that type of dude. Like, he's the type of guy where I'm going to extort you. Like, uh, that's just how it's going to go down. He, he known for that shit. Like, that's what he do. So, um, he was trying to do it to the dude on some passive aggressive shit <laughs> to the owner, right? So, the owner got scared of this motherfucker. Like, but he wouldn't fire him because he was scared to death of this dude. So, he just kind of, like, put him off to the side. But he wasn't giving him no more extra money. Like, he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't that scared. But he wasn't, you know, he didn't want to fire the motherfucker. So, the dude, my man, let all these dudes in one night, and the rumor was it was a bunch of guns. The dude had a bunch of guns on him, and he made like I think like a thousand dollars or some shit off them dudes. So even with that, I had to I had to go to him. I was like, "Yo, man," he was like, "Nah, I wasn't really like that, man." Then later on, after we talked, we was at the gym one day. We was talking, and he's like. Yeah, man, I fucked it. I did that shit, man. I was like, well, how you know that wasn't going to hit one up? He's like, nah, 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 nah. They just wanted to come in with their shit because they had problems with somebody else. I was like, but I'm saying, how you know they ain't going to hit somebody else? He's like, nah, well, you know, yeah, it could have. But it was at the end of the night. It was toward the end. It was not going to, you know, you could got, you could kind of tell. He, he kind of felt bad about the shit. But I was like, Shh. I was like, you a wild boy, boy. You wild as hell. But that's that's this nightlife. Like it'll do some crazy shit to you where you doing shit that you don't even think like you don't even think you do this type of shit. Like, um I don't know. That's just that's that's crazy. Like I said, I ain't gonna say my man name, I ain't gonna say the place, name of the spot. Um But like I said, I said I said something, so if you if you paying attention, you can kinda figure out where it was. I ain't gonna say the year and all that shit and all that. But you know, um, it's it's crazy. Like you don't know what's going on in these clubs. Like you think you do, or you probably don't give a fuck. But there's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. You better watch your ass and pay attention and be careful. That's how a lot of motherfuckers wind up shot, and they laying around talking about. I don't know how this happened. I don't know. It's half the time. It's always girls. It's always girls that catch the straight bullets. I'm telling you, like it's crazy as fuck. And they get so dramatic and shit. <laughs> it's like, 
I ain't laughing. I'm just saying it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you be partying, you jamming and shit, and then you get hit out of nowhere, like on some nut shit. So, you know, you gotta just um, you gotta pay attention. I've been telling people for years, like don't go nowhere where you don't feel like it's safe, and pay attention to the security team that's on the door that's inside the joint. They look like a bunch of nuts. Better get the fuck out of there. Like, why are you gonna sit around somewhere where there's a bunch of knuckleheads? Working the door, working the club. They can't protect you. They can't protect their damn self. But motherfuckers don't care. This is why I be trying to tell people they don't give a fuck. Motherfuckers don't care until the shit pop off. Then everybody want to ask questions and shit. No, I'm asking questions ahead of time. If the shit look funny to me, I ain't going in. I ain't, no, nah, I'm straight. I'm cool. I'm good. And a lot of times, GMs and club owners, Especially nowadays, they don't want to play pay for an expert, a professional expert, to assess their situation because they know that means money. They want a motherfucker who's green as fuck, big as hell, and dumb as shit, who's just going to do what you tell them to do and take all the liability. That's all they want. Club owners, general managers, bar managers, they're only worried about the bar. They only worry about making money. They only worry about a profit. They are not worried about your safety you can see it across the country different clubs all over the place motherfucker catching bullets motherfuckers catching wreck dude just not too long ago tried to run inside the club three bouncers standing right outside he had a mask on fat dude he tried to run inside the club with a gun in his hand he, he got one shot off at the door now me if I'm on the door I, I'd have seen that fat motherfucker with that gun coming from a mile away They waited for that dude to get right up on the door and lick the first shot off. He licked the shot off. This is all on camera. You can Google it. That's why you can't tell me that people give a fuck about public safety. They don't. People don't care. The people who are supposed to care don't care. Let me say that. Because if that's the case, everybody would be trying to hire Jody Diamond. Top flight security of the world, Craig. There's all kinds of shit going on out here. They need security of the world, Craig. Y'all don't hear me, though. But you better take, pay attention when you go out because you're going to feel it. You'll feel it before you hear it. Please believe that. So that's my little um, Iran Barkley story. That's my little story about shootings. Uh, it's a bunch. I got a bunch of other stories about people getting shot and the club and all of that but that's that's academic i mean pay attention pay attention i've said it before i'll say it again if it's if you got a bunch of armed guards out with full dress on level three fucking vest on goddamn mossbergs ar-15s nine millimeter sidearm batons mace handcuffs, all of this extra shit. If they got all of that and there's a bunch of them motherfuckers on the door, that might not be a place you want to go into. Now, you, you listen, you grown, y'all do whatever the fuck y'all want to do. But me and mine, and I'm not trying to knock nobody that that's their job and that's their hustle, get your paper, players. Get your paper. I'm telling people from a safety perspective, and I've worked it and I've done it. If you're going to a spot, once they get to that level, that means it's all types of shit that you're going to have to contend with. More, more or less gunplay. 
You don't need that. Are you out for that? Is that that's that's your choice? That's what turn you on? That's what's popping you? That's what get you off gunplay? But then then do your thing. Me, I like the I like some easy, grown and sexy, smooth, cool shit. When I was drinking, I like to get a glass of wine or two, chill out, figure out what I'm gonna get into. Listen to some good music, definitely get some good food, and try and have some good conversation of a sexual nature. That's all I was about. That's it. I ain't trying to be shoot 'em up. I ain't even really trying to fight like that no more. I'm not trying to do that type of shit. I don't want that energy. But if that's your twist, then go where's um go where's that? Go where the go where the danger's at. I, I don't know what to tell you. Listen, for more shit like this, keep fucking with your man, Jody Diamond, G2 Podcast. That's your man podcast. You can always go to my website at g2safetyllc.org. .org. You can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. All my G2 shit is popping. Hit me up on Instagram, Jody Diamond underscore J-O-D-Y underscore D-Y-M-O-N but if you type in G2 my logo should pop up the G2 on the shield I mean the um, lock and that's it uh, I got more stories coming I got more shit coming and I'm gonna give it to you y'all gonna get all this work the Jody Diamond experience y'all getting all this work y'all gonna get it shout out to the Passport Bros how <laughs>